I, I, I'm one of those people where if I'm getting worked up for mentally prepared for like a max deadlift, do not approach me because I'll, I'll, I'll tear your head off. <laughs> Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to strongman athlete Evan Singleton. Also known by his nickname T-Rex, Evan is relatively new to strongman, having discovered the sport around three years ago. But in the short time since, he's rocketed to the top of the sport's rankings and is now among the best men's open competitors in the world. We chat about his background in pro wrestling, bodybuilding, and more. But the most fun part of the conversation for me was an in-depth discussion of Evan's Jurassic Park fandom. Strength sports and dinosaur nerds unite because this is the episode for you. I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to the show. Evan, thanks for joining me. It's a really busy year for you. It seems like the strongman uh, uh, elite level has has picked up with a vengeance. It's the competitions. It's it's so tough to keep track of everything that's going on. You've had a a very successful year so far. What are you training for right now, and and where are you training? Well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. I am getting ready. I'm actually flying out tomorrow, middle de- midday around noon. I am flying out to England to prepare for the Giants Live Glasgow show, the first Giants Live pro strongman show to happen in Scotland. And the roster has been released relatively recently. It's a very, very stacked roster. So I'm, uh, I'm looking to... Uh, really, really solidify that I'm one of the best in the world by beating some really, really good guys. Who do you, who do you most enjoy competing against? It could be because you love them or because you hate them. (laughs) Well, I don't really hate anybody except for Luke Richardson. Fuck that guy. Um, uh, that's a hard one because I love all the guys. Really. I like, I like competing against guys that are as good or better than me because it pushes me. I loved competing against, uh, Brian Shaw. I loved competing against, uh, 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 JF Carone in the Brian Shaw classic not too long ago. I also really like competing against guys that are like up and coming with me, like Trey Mitchell, uh, Bobby Thompson, Gabriel Pena, just to name a few. Excellent. Now let's talk a little bit about your athletic background because you're, you're 28 years old. Is that correct? Have you turned 29 yet? 28. You're relatively new when it comes to being a name that strongman fans recognize. And you only discovered the sport about three years ago. And so your rise from kind of new in the sport to being truly one of the top open competitors in the world, kind of indisputably, I mean, that's pretty darn quick. So the first 25 years of your life, what were you doing as an athlete? 
Well, when I was in school, I, I did just about every sport. I was, I was, I was pushed into do sports at a young age and I'm kind of glad that I was, I, I played everything at least once. I tried absolutely every sport, but the one that I really gravitated towards was amateur wrestling. I was very good at it. I took to it very, very naturally. And, um, I can honestly say that a lot of my mindset was strong, man, as far as like pushing myself, working as hard as I do, um, whether I succeed or I fail, I, I put that solely on my shoulders and nobody else's. I get a lot of my attitude and my work ethic from amateur wrestling. Um, I, I took great pride in it and I actually, I pretty much did the same thing in amateur wrestling that I'm doing in strong, man. I went from, pretty much not having any experience, not really doing very well to going to the state championship in three years. So it's very similar to what I did. It's very similar to what I did in Strongman. Um, after I graduated high school, I was offered a contract with WWE to be a professional wrestler. So I did that for a while. I ended up getting hurt and that, that pushed me out of the business. And I got really, really, I got really out of shape. I got to about 380, 385 of uh, really bad weight. I wasn't lifting weights. I wasn't dieting. I wasn't doing anything. It was just all a really, really bad. I fell into a little bit of a depression, all of that good stuff. And when I finally got the green light from my neurologist that I was seeing in Florida at the time for my head injury, um, I got the green light to go back to the gym. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, all right, I'm going to commit to liking what I see in the mirror because right now I don't. So I made the commitment to be a bodybuilder. So the next eight, seven, eight months was nothing but working out every single day, sometimes twice a day. Uh, I cleaned up my diet so, so much that I didn't have a cheat meal for months and it was miserable. And I actually went to uh, New York and did my first and only bodybuilding show and I ended up coming in third. So I will take that. And <laughs> it's actually funny because once I got done with bodybuilding, uh, I was like, okay, I made the commitment to myself. I filled it out. I proved that I could do it. I have the pictures, the trophy and the trunks to back it up. So I proved that I can do it. If I set my mind to it, that being said, fuck that. I never want to do that again. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I love, so, I love, I love the frankness because like, I mean, bodybuilding, it's, it's not just a sport. It's a lifestyle. Every fiber of your being is committed to that when you're doing it. Well, I would say that, that that that's how strong man is for me now. It's just the lifestyle of bodybuilder wasn't really fit. It didn't really suit me. <laughs> and I learned that after my first competition, I was like, this, this isn't, isn't the right fit. Now that I went through beginning to end, it's not really the right fit for me. So I've always loved the feeling that lifting weights gave me. So I wanted to do something different that from bodybuilding that was competitive, that was centered around weightlifting, lifting weights. So my options in my head were powerlifting or strongman. So I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I have that goal set in mind. And I find a gym that has powerlifting and strongman equipment, McMillan's training systems. And I went in there, I took a tour. There was a guy doing log press in there. And I was so fascinated by that in between his sets. I actually went up to him and I introduced myself. I asked him like, Hey, uh, what is this? Like, 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 I asked him general questions about strong man and all of how long he's been competing, yada, 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 all that actually invited me to jump into the log training session with him. So I did. And I want to say after about a week and a half to two weeks after that first day, I was like, found it. This is it. I found it. I started training and 
at that same time where I, where it kind of like clicked in my head, that was the exact same moment that I, that I told myself. And I'm, I'm one that always sets a very high standard for myself. I hold myself accountable to very high goals and high dreams. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in, in whatever I decide to do. I said, after about two weeks, I'm going to pursue this until I'm world's strongest man. So let's talk a little bit about how you, I mean, you took to the sport very quickly, but your learning process, did you work with a coach training partners? Strongman is, is highly technical. You have a ton of different things you might be asked to do. I mean, it's a sport built for visual entertainment. So whether it's lifting logs, stones, carrying car parts, you never really know. How did you start learning the more technical aspects of, of the sport? Well, it's interesting because there's a significant amount of technical aspects, like you said, but there's also uh, certain mindsets that you need to try to avoid. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when they first start off, they they fall into these mindsets. I need to be bigger to lift more weights. Like I need to be heavier to lift more weights. Um, um like I don't need to do my accessory work. I just really need to hammer events and all of that. Or you can be one of the big open guys where it's uh, as long as I have a really heavy overhead and a really heavy deadlift, I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to do any cardio or conditioning or, or, or try to be an athlete. (laughs) It's um, it's, it was a really interesting learning process. And I kind of went through a lot of that and Eventually, I found my way to uh, Adam and Kim Dirks in Wisconsin, and I wanted a little bit of help with my deadlift. Adam is one of is one of the best deadlifters in America, and his form is impeccable. So I figured if anybody could help me, it would be him. I reached out to him, and Adam and Kim became my full coaches, not just my deadlift coaches, but my full coaches. And I've been with them ever since. I have two titles and three podiums under them and two world's strongest man appearances. So they guided me through a lot of the the shit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean every the learning curve is 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 steep especially in strongman. Let's talk about some of your your favorite events in strongman and then I'm obviously going to ask you about your least favorite or the things you struggle with a little bit. But let's start with the with the positive here. You know, where where do you believe yourself to be the best in the world or among, you know, the handful of the best in the world, pretty much any given game day. Uh, I would argue that I am one of the best, if not the best in the world at yoke. I am very, very fast with a lot of, a lot of weight on my shoulders and we're running with it. Um, I, I take pride in my athleticism and I, and again, I attribute that to my time with amateur wrestling. Um, I retained a lot of that coming into strongman. So as my static strength goes up, my athleticism stays just as good. And I work on that. I work on my cardio every single day, but I would say yoke and I'm, a very big fan of circus dumbbell. I really like circus dumbbell out of all the overhead events. I feel like circus dumbbell is the one where I can really clip the best in the world. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's talk about, you mentioned your emphasis on, on cardio. Um, I'm always interested when it comes to strength athletes and cardio. Obviously we talked to a lot of CrossFitters on this podcast and that's a huge part of what they do, but I think people undervalue or maybe underestimate what elite athletes could be weightlifters, powerlifters, strongman athletes are doing on the cardio front. I've actually talked to Gabriel Pena a bit about this as well. I'm curious as to, you know, what you're doing to supplement your strongman training when it comes to cardio. Well, when you look at the sport of strongman, it's not like powerlifting where it's static lifting only, and it's only based on strength. In my personal opinion, strongman is the ultimate sport 
because it tests you in every single way possible as a full, well-rounded athlete. And it, it, this goes into my world record versus titles mindset because I have no desire at all to achieve any kind of world record. If it's there on game day during a full competition, I'll go for it, but I will not focus solely on a world record. I want to win titles. I want to win the world's strongest man. I want to win as many competitions as I can. And in order to do that, you need to be well-rounded. So you can't go into a competition, especially with the pros where everybody is doing everything they can to be the absolute best. If you want to be the best strong man, you need to be able to run. You need to be able to sustain that, that stamina and you need to be strong. You need to be athletic. It strong man tests you as a full well-rounded athlete. It's one of the things I love most about the sport. So for me personally, I will do all of my heavy lifting, whether it's overhead day and I'm doing heavy log, I'll do a heavy deadlift day, whatever. I always do every single day, whether it's a rest day or a training day, I do cardio at the end of my workouts. So after all the weightlifting and accessories are done, I'll get on the treadmill for 20, 25, 30 minutes, and I'll go at a walking pace at a high incline just to get the heart rate going, get the sweat going. I also really enjoy doing suicides. We have an area in our gym that has, uh, it's marked off every 10 feet. So I like to do suicides with that. You might be the uh, only person I've ever heard to say I enjoy doing suicides. Oh, I'll be the first one to say suicides are hell. I absolutely hate suicides, but I love them because I feel like they keep me very well conditioned for what we do in Strongman, especially in events like loading medley. We'll throw a sandbag into a barrel. You need to be able to beeline back to that next that next implement as fast as possible. And that's where suicides come in. It keeps my conditioning really high. Another one that I really like to do is I like to do NFL combine drills. Uh, so I'll put I'll put the uh, the ladder on the ground and I'll do footwork on that because that helps me with my moving events, such, such as yoke farmers frame, all kinds of stuff like that. When it's really important to keep your feet uh, a little bit closer together and do short choppy steps. I really, really enjoy doing the NFL combine drills. Excellent. Let's talk about some events where you, it, the term might not be struggle because you're, you're one of the best in the world all around, right? So you have to be at least pretty darn good at everything, but where are some events that you're, you're focused on making improvement in? To be honest, I've made so many improvements on so many events that were weaknesses for a long time of mine. I only really have one left and it's not even, like you said, it's not terribly weak, but compared to the other guys that possibly could be, I would say it probably would be squat. Mm, okay. I'm, I've never been a squat fan. Um, I've, I've, just I, I have problems with my knees when I when I when I do really heavy squats and I find that it's just a harder one for me to improve on. But I've also outside of competition season when I have a little bit of time to work on myself a little bit and build my static up and all that, that's when I'm really gonna hammer squats hard because I'm fully committed to being well rounded. So I want to be good at everything. And to give folks of a, a, a- an image of your, your, your size here. Cause I think that's important to note. You actually have a lot of different body types, even in the open division of strongman. How tall are you? What's your competition body weight? Cause I know that can fluctuate a lot over the course of a year. Yeah. Um, I am six foot six and I am between 355 and 360 pounds. And I have, and I have abs. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I, it's so interesting because uh, you're not the first person I've talked to in your division who, well, I've heard different things. So the folks who have abs, 
they flaunt it. The folks who don't have abs are like the other guys aren't eating enough. So it, you know, I, I've heard it. I've heard it. Heard it both ways. Heard it both that ways. sounds like a JF thing to say. It, it may or may not have been a certain Canadian that who, who said that before. <laughs> Uh, have, I haven't actually had him on the podcast, but but should he's had a he's had a stellar couple of competition seasons in oh, Strongman, and yeah. he's someone who's really been on the scene for you know the better part of a decade, maybe longer, and is kind of just now coming in to his prime in uh, in many ways. Yeah, I feel like JF, as good of a competitor as, as he is, as strong as he is, and as long as he's been around, he's a very he's a very underrated, overlooked competitor and it's it's nice to be able to see him finally getting a little bit more spotlight that he deserves because he busts his ass and he works so hard for it who do you think maybe besides yourself i'm jury's still out on whether you're overrated or underrated because i think for a lot of fans <laughs> you're so new <laughs> I, I i think that you just you have to have like you've had two world's strongest man appearances you've, you have some great titles under your belt but like you have to be around for a few years, right? Before people are calling you overrated or underrated, right? And it's easy for me to say this because we're recording remotely. I don't have to be out of, I'm, I'm out of arm's reach right now. If I say something <laughs> to piss you off. But Everybody's tough online. Who do you, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the worst. But who do you think is underrated besides JF in your division? Hmm. Oh, I would say Kevin Ferris. I would say Kevin Fares, and I I don't necessarily know if it's his size that gets him overlooked because he's always the smallest guy on the field, but or or what it is, but Kevin is just a dangerous competitor. I mean, he's got a very good grip. He's very athletic. His static is really coming along. He just got he just got fourth at uh the Shaw Classic. He got he got like two or three, I think it was two points ahead of me. So like Kevin Ferris is a is a solid solid competitor, and I feel like a lot of people kind of lose that when they're talking about some of the best in the world, especially strongmen in America. Gotcha. Let's talk about your approach on game day. You're a very mental athlete. Some of that comes from your your time as a an amateur wrestler. And hey, that's maybe one of the ultimate contact sports, right? I'm not going to say like oh, gotcha. I will. I'll cut you off right there. Yeah, I just go want for to it. say one thing. I am fully confident in saying this to anybody uh, when it comes to sports that they allow in like the high school level and the collegiate level. Wrestling is the hardest sport by far. Nobody, no sport comes close to it. I will go on record saying that. I don't care. There are very few people who will outwork amateur wrestlers. Very, very few. Maybe, maybe none. Do you think that gives you an advantage? being in a contact sport, a one-on-one -on -one sport in strongman where you're, you're basically doing things in, in a vacuum. I mean, yes, we've seen some, some kooky events at world strongest man. We've seen tug of war. We've seen some, some, you kind of have to go head to head with someone, but that's, that's the rarity. That's once in a blue moon. Do you think it gives you an advantage? And if so, how do you leverage that advantage? Um, I do think that it was an advantage because a lot of the mindset that I had when I was amateur wrestling has actually been able to, quite smoothly transfer over into strongman. Um, I am, <laughs> if you've, if you've seen me compete or, or have heard people talk about how I compete, I'm a very aggressive and intense competitor. I'm I, some, a lot of people have, have referred to me as like, like the new Bill Kazmaier, just because I, get I mean, so that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad comparison to get earlier in your career. Oh, I, I definitely take that as a compliment. Whenever somebody says that, absolutely. He's one of my idols. 
but um, I'm a very angry and intense person uh, when I'm competing. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those people where if I'm getting worked up for mentally prepared for like a max deadlift, do not approach me because I, I'll, I'll, I'll tear your head off. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm glad, I'm glad we discussed that now. <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy that, that right before a lift, I'll like bang my head on something and like, like, like a steel pillar or something. I'll do my smelling salts. I'll let go like a loud, a loud yell. And then I'll go do the, do the lift. That's, that's me. I'm that guy. So, and I used to do similar stuff to that before wrestling matches, just to get myself pushed into that. The way that I describe it, and it makes sense to me is I kickstart my fight or flight instinct and I have fight instinct in me. So like I do that, that headbutt, and then I'll do the smell and salts and all of that good stuff. And literally everything that is in my mind before that is completely gone. And the only thing I'm, I'm I have tunnel vision. The only thing that I see is literally the bar right in front of me. And the only thing on my mind is kill. It's the only thing I'm thinking. I'm going to take this in a completely different direction. Speaking of of aggression, so your nickname is is dinosaur based. Yes, uh, you're kind of you kind of go by T you go by T Rex, um, and uh, you have it, it, people can't see this, but you you just threw up a, a tattoo on your hand, a talons talons tattoo, T Rex um, claws. Yeah. It's actually a sweet tattoo, I should say. And yeah, I'm talking to you, ends. and I can see a, a Jurassic Park poster behind you. And it's a classic, the original Jurassic Park oh, yeah. movie poster. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, again, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. All the interviews that I do, uh, what you obviously can't, everybody at home can't see it, but I'm an avid Jurassic Park, vintage Jurassic Park collector. So I'm actually in my room full of Jurassic Park memorabilia. Oh, my God. That is outstanding. Okay, dinosaurs. We got to talk about dinosaurs. Where, where did, because dinosaurs are awesome. My science core in college, by the way, I took a class called dinosaurs because I didn't know how to do actual science. So I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Paleontology is real. Science is real, but dinosaurs, how'd you get into it? And how did this become a hobby obsession part of you? Um, well, ever since I was little, the first movie I ever remember seeing in, in my entire life, my earliest memory of a movie was the first Jurassic Park. And I loved that movie. I was the kid who would watch the movie beginning to end on my VHS, and then I would rewind it, and then I would watch it again, and I would rewind it. You probably wore that tape out, man. Oh, I did. I wore multiple tapes out. I drove my parents absolutely batshit up the wall. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm to the point where I have the entire movie, the lines, the dinosaur sound effects, the music cues, everything. I have all of that memorized, like all the, the fun, like behind the scenes, like facts and trivia and all that. I have all that memorized. And honestly, paleontology has always been a minor hobby of mine. I've always kept up with the latest scientific discoveries, um, because all the information that we know from like 10 years ago is damn near obsolete just because there's so many things that keep getting discovered and found out and there's new fossils found and it leads to deeper discoveries and things get relooked at and stuff like that. It's always fascinated me. So I've just kept up with it. And, um, yeah, and the the tattoo idea was some. It was an idea that I had when I was about fifteen or sixteen, and I didn't go out and get my tattoo until about two months before uh, my first strongman competition in April of twenty eighteen. So I've had that idea for a long, long time. 
finally went out and got it. I had it for my first strongman competition. And that's when people started giving me the nickname T-Rex. They started calling me T-Rex when I would walk by them. So I just kind of ran with it and I turned it into a little bit of a persona. You don't get double T-Rex claw tattoos without hoping in the back of your mind that people might start calling you (laughs) T-Rex. I am sticking to my guns that I did not give myself that nickname. It was given to me. So whether I wanted it or not is irrelevant. Favorite, favorite piece of Jurassic Park memorabilia you own. Hmm. Oh, that's a difficult one. Well, right here, I have the original good China that they used in the first movie when they were having the dinner scene or the lunch scene after the Velociraptor ate the cow. Oh, like from like from the actual movie, what was used on set. Yep, there it is. Wow. That's awesome. I know folks can't see this when they're listening, but but that is a he he literally bought the 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 bowls, folks. Oh, oh yeah, the bowls, the cups, the dinner plates, everything. Yeah. Oh, I also have the uh the original Jurassic Park board game still in its original shrink wrap. <laughs> Wow. I, you know, I, I style myself a bit of a nerd, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to Jurassic Park, I think I might got, I think, yeah, I, might have I think he got me on a few levels there. This is uh, awesome. What else do I got? There's one more. Um, I think I probably have to give it to the trading card collection from the first movie. Just different trading cards that you would pick up. Folks, he's got a beautifully organized trading card collection. It's in a three ring binder and it's in like the nine card pocket card, like kind of ultra pro. Uh, yeah, I know what that's called. I've collected some cards in my time, right? <laughs> the ultra pro like card sheets. That is, that is, that is impressive. And I have to say, uh, I think some of the intensity you're becoming known for as an athlete shows in your, in your collection as well. Cause everything's well organized. <laughs> that r- the room you're in is immaculate decked out. Oh, um, I thank you very much. What a what a cool what a cool thing. That's one great thing about this podcast is I get to dig a little deeper than just like, oh, what do you do as an athlete? Because people are multi people are multifaceted, and uh, it's not every day I meet a bigger paleontology nerd than myself. So very very got cool. me. Yeah, <laughs> I got. Uh, and probably the last one would probably be the uh, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. The banner. banner. Yeah, yeah, it's a replica of the one that was used in the movie. So. I really like that one. Okay, what's your favorite dinosaur? Is is it the T Rex? Is it the T Rex? It's T it's Rex. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Tyrannosaurus, easily. And a very and I will say not to not to make this a paleontology podcast fully, although that's a different idea. <laughs> um, uh, it's a uh, a misunderstood dinosaur. It's one where like most hundred ways. Most of the people, most people have an idea of when we grew up of seeing them in museums, like very upright, very kind of static. Tail dragging on the ground. Just probably not how it was, right? Pretty much exactly has, is not how it was. Yeah. <laughs> and also folks, this is going to be a, a disappointment for some. They might've had feathers. They might've been a little bit, they might've been a little bit fuzzy. What you see in the movie Jurassic Park, probably not what they actually looked like. <laughs> no no yeah it was it, yeah they probably didn't look anything like that but because of the success of the movie obviously that image is kind of burned in everybody's subconscious is what dinosaurs look like so i wonder how many paleontology careers that movie or the book or the original book the michael Crichton book i wonder how many career like scientific careers that sparked probably lots <laughs> 
lots. Everybody that I know that that takes paleontology itself, like minus Jurassic Park, very seriously, it said that they have they have roots related to the movie. Well, Evan, thanks for sharing a bit of, of that side of your life with me. I really appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. Moving back over to Strongman real quick. Um, what are some events that you have coming up? You mentioned the Glasgow competition. Any other events that are kind of on the horizon that we should you know, pay special attention to and, and watch you in? Yes, sir. I'm also getting ready for the Arnold UK. It's the inaugural, so it'll be the first one. That's going to be in Birmingham, England, and I'm really looking forward to that one. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be during an expo, just like the Arnold Columbus, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll be able to draw a big crowd. Excellent. And where's the best place for people to follow along with you, your competition career, um, and, and all that good stuff moving forward? I would say probably Instagram. Instagram is my number one. I am Evan underscore T-Rex underscore strongman. See, I wasn't making it up, folks. There's a T-Rex connection here. Um, <laughs> excellent. Evan, I really appreciate you taking the time, sharing a bit of your sporting career and also some other different parts of your personality and life. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you very much for the opportunity. 